Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I'd like to begin this episode with a confession, and then ask you if you've ever done the same thing. There have been times when I have been sitting in a pew, listening to a gospel preacher deliver a sermon, and thinking in the back of my mind, boy, I sure hope so-and-so is listening to this sermon. He or she really needs to hear this. And I sat there thinking, yep, that's right, you tell them. And frankly, sometimes I wasn't even very specific in my thinking. Instead, I thought of the ubiquitous they. In other words, they sure need to hear this. Have you ever done that? I'm sure that some of us have because God saw fit to warn us about this very kind of reaction to his word. Remember the case of David after his adultery with Bathsheba and his ordering of the death of her husband Uriah? Nathan the prophet came to David in 2 Samuel 12 and told him the story of the rich man who had many flocks and many herds and the poor man who had nothing save one little ewe lamb. He loved that lamb and treated it as one of the family. He held it to its bosom and it was to him like a daughter. One day a traveler came to visit the rich man and he would not take of his own flocks to prepare a meal for him but he took the poor man's lamb and killed it to feed his guests. Well, David was filled with righteous indignation, and he said in verses 5 and 6, As the Lord lives, surely the man who has done this deserves to die. He must make restitution for the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing and had no compassion. Nathan's response to David brings home the lesson that we need to first examine ourselves. He said to David in verse 7, You are the man. I'm reminded of the Lord's words in the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5, where Jesus said, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The emphasis is clearly that the first person I need to be concerned about when it comes to making application of God's word is myself. I need to make personal application of its principles before I do anything else. I think again of Paul's words in Romans chapter 2 and verse 21. He wrote, You therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one shall not steal, do you steal? Let's go to James chapter 1 where we'll focus upon verses 22 through 25 for the remainder of this episode. 
verse 22 states, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. If we look at the first phrase of this verse simply from a grammatical standpoint, it means keep on demonstrating yourselves to be doers of the word. The idea is that it is not enough to hear the word and to receive it. A person has to be obedient to it. Did you ever stop to think that God never blessed anyone at any age or dispensation for simply hearing the word and for simply believing it? God's blessings came when the individual's faith was exhibited in obedience and not before. It has never been enough to simply hear the word, or for that matter even to believe it. It must be expressed in action, in life. It must be personally applied in order to bless and to save. And take care to notice of whom the action is required. It is required of me. I must do what the word says personally. I must apply it first to myself. The doer of the word is contrasted with merely hearers. There are several ways that this problem can manifest itself. It can manifest itself in the way that I mentioned in the beginning. A person can attend services, sit and listen to the sermon being preached, and think about everybody else it applies to. When a person does that, they are hearing the word but not translating it into their own lives. They can tell you how you can benefit from what has been preached, but not benefit themselves. Being merely a hearer can also be manifested by individuals who attend services regularly. These are good people who come all the time, sit and listen to the truth being preached, but who never profit from the word preached because they do not translate it into their lives. There are those who evidently feel that hearing the word is sufficient and that there is no obligation to apply it, but that is just not so. Again, Jesus warned us about this many times. In Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. In that same chapter, Jesus urged us to build our houses upon a rock, a solid foundation able to withstand the floods and winds of life. How did Jesus say that a person went about doing this? By hearing these words of mine and acting on them. That is the idea again of personal application and it manifests itself in action. James told us in verse 22 that the person who hears the word only and does not make personal application is deluding or deceiving themselves. The word that is translated as deluded or deceiving in this verse occurs only twice in the New Testament. The other time it appears is in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 4, where the clause in which it appears says, I say this so that no one will be delude you with persuasive argument. The idea then is that the person who sits and hears the word and applies it to everybody else but himself, or the fellow who sits and hears and never obeys is basing their life when you get right down to it on false yet persuasive arguments. To think that just hearing the word, even if it is from week to week, is sufficient, and to never apply it, well, that is unsound thinking. It is deceiving or deluding ourselves. What good does it do me to be able to quote every verse in the New Testament if I do not practice them? What good does it do me to hear every word that comes out of the preacher's mouth and apply it to others instead of to myself? If I can feel good while refusing to apply God's word personally, 
if I can be comfortable when I'm not obeying God's word, then I have tragically deceived myself. Let's look now at verses 23 and 24 of James 1. He wrote, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. If I hear and do not, or you hear and do not, we're like the man that James describes there. That which we hear, but don't personally apply and let take root in our hearts, is soon forgotten. The person who hears and does not is like the man who sees the reflection of his own face in a mirror. Now we're not talking about just a quick, idle, kind of careless glance in the mirror to maybe, I don't know, check the hair. No, the language used in the sentence looks means specifically to regard attentively, to take careful note of. So it is really like the person listening to the sermon but applying it to everybody else. He has to be paying attention to make that application. But when the person turns away from the mirror, and when he turns away from the mirror, he promptly forgets what he looked like. Lessons from the Word of God that are just listened to and not personally applied are quickly forgotten and have no more influence on our lives than a simple look in the mirror. How many times did I listen to a teacher in school just to be able to take and pass the test? Once the test was taken, I promptly forgot everything that I had heard. They made no difference in my life, for I did not take them to heart. Why should I retain things that I don't apply to myself? Repeatedly in the Word of God, we are exhorted to be careful not only about what we hear, but how we hear it. This is the very point of the wonderful parable of the sower. Now, we're not going to take time in this episode to read the entire parable, but we will take the time to look at our Lord's explanation of it. In Luke chapter 8, verses 11 through 15, we find, Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. If we skip down to verse 18, we find Jesus saying, So take care how you listen, for whoever has... To him more shall be given, and whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away from him. Understand that those who present the word have a great responsibility. James said in James chapter 3 and verse 1, Let not many of you become teachers, my friends, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. At the same time, those who hear the word have a tremendous responsibility to apply it personally and translate it into life. I remember a time when I was preaching in Indianapolis. There was a fellow who came constantly and faithfully to services with his wife. He was a good man, had heard as many sermons as any Christian there, but he never made personal application. He never became a child of God. One Lord's Day morning I arrived at services only to find out that that very morning 
as he was making preparations to come to worship, his wife noticed that he had been an unusually long time in the bathroom. When she went in, she found him sitting on the toilet with his head lying on the sink. He had had a massive stroke and was dead. It was the only time I changed the content of my lesson in a matter of minutes. It seemed, and it was, such a tremendous waste and tragedy. He had heard and heard and heard, and I believe believed, but never applied. It broke my heart then, and it still does now because that very morning he was making the ultimate and personal eternal application. He had failed in his responsibility and it was nobody else's fault, although I will tell you I personally felt tremendous frustration. He had not paid attention to how he had heard for all those years. Going back to James chapter 1, we'll read verse 25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Here then is the application of what James has been writing about. A man looks into a mirror, sees his reflection, and then goes on his way, forgetting what he saw. That is just like somebody who hears the word of God, but applies it to everybody but himself, or fails to apply it at all, and soon forget what he heard, and is unaffected by the word. On the other hand is the genuine listener. This is the one who is careful not only what he hears, but is careful how he hears. You know what is interesting and helps us to understand this a little bit better? The word translated as looks in James chapter 1 and verse 25 is the same word that was used to describe the actions of John and Mary when they peered into the empty tomb of Christ on the morning of his resurrection. It is to stoop and look to gaze intently. I don't think Jesus could have gotten any more vivid in detail. The genuine listener stoops down, so to speak, in order to get the closest possible look because he or she is really and truly interested in that word of truth. That word is called the perfect law of liberty. My friends, God's word for us today is called the law of faith in Romans 3.27. It is called in Romans chapter 8 and verse 2, the law of the spirit of the life of Christ Jesus. It is called in Galatians chapter 6, the law of Christ. It is called perfect because it is complete, full, and is all sufficient to accomplish the purpose for which God designed it. It is called law because it is a rule of action. It is meant to govern and change our lives. And it is referred to as liberty because when we obey it, we are set free from the bondage of sin and Satan, released from spiritual death and made alive in Christ. What if we went to the doctor and they gave us a prescription, and then we decided we wouldn't take it, or we immediately thought of someone else who could really use it? It's not enough just to have the prescription, is it? Well, it is not enough to just look or listen, even intently, to the perfect law of liberty and then fail to make personal application. Not only must we make personal application when we hear it, we must continue therein, as the King James says. And my friends, that means it must never be far from us. Do you remember how the first psalm begins? Psalm 1, 1 and 2 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. 
That is the idea behind continuing therein. Let us be certain that none of us prove to be hearers only. Before we try to make application of God's word to anybody else, let's apply it to ourselves first. Don't hear and hear and hear the word and never obey it. There are two kinds of people who have been contrasted by James this morning, and every single one of them is one kind or the other. The one is the forgetful hearer, and the other is the hearer who puts into practice what he or she has heard. Only the doer will be blessed. What kind are you? Jesus said in John chapter 13 and verse 17, If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Well, the question is, what are we going to do now that we know these things? Thanks for listening.